Welcome to What Grows Together Goes Together. I'm Chef Diana Smedley of Lancaster Local Provisions, and today I'm talking with Johnny Cat about coffee, bagels, vegan cheese, Easter, and of course, our star ingredient, the rutabaga. Hey, Chef Diane, how are you, dear? Good, thanks for coming on with me. I love this. I mean, because I have to do research. It's like we could do this all day, every day. I, yes. This is like, <laughs> great job if you can get it. I love this. This, that's, this is one of those jobs. Well, I want to talk about, I mean, the apartment smells so good right now because I just made a bagel, and we have some really exciting new vendor partners this week. And oh, I guess first I want to say, like, all of our vendors we always refer to them as partners because you know we believe at lancaster local provisions that a rising tide lifts all boats and we're just trying to create a community of makers here in pennsylvania and create a community around supporting uh you know small business and local agriculture yeah and if you ever get a chance go to the bottom of our uh the website and click on the meet the makers and they are such wonderful people seriously Mm -hmm. like what they do they're they are saving the environment so and we'll, we'll actually we'll touch on some of that later on um, with one of the the new vendors that we or partners that we took on this week so well, let's talk about it oh, we're, talking, we're, oh gonna my start, God. We're, we're gonna go well let's talk about well because we sound jittery let's go with I it know. Right now. Coffee, okay coffee coffee coffee, coffee. <laughs> um yeah we're new partners for square one coffee here in lancaster county they are a coffee roaster that's been in lancaster for over 10 years i think almost no, 15, 15 years yeah and they're great. They needed some help with their local delivery, and it was time we wanted to expand our coffee offerings, and it just sort of worked out that we now carry all of their coffee. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you delved into the Square One partnership yet. Not yet, other than what you were saying about, like, the that one coffee blend that we have. Oh, yeah, so we have a women's... Um, Oh, I don't have it written down here. We have a great, so Square One is awesome. They do direct trade from farms and co-ops all around the world. Um, You can see each blend exactly where the beans are grown, at what elevation, if there are any special um, like Rainforest Alliance or Certified Fair Trade Organic or anything like that. Um, And they tell you really about the story of the people who are making the coffee growing the coffee excuse me and this week in the provisions box i well there were two options you could either get a decaf coffee or this women's co-op blend which is amazing because it's it's an extra um you know two dollars on the price and but all that extra fee gets donated to programs for women teaching them about compost how to compost um helping them get livestock and learning how to deal with the livestock waste and making it work for their garden so it's a really great program yeah it helps them like the techniques on on raising coffee Mm -hmm. uh the plant itself because it sometimes could be very damaging to a rainforest like when you have these coffee plantations so that extra money is going to be helping and and this is what i love it's like it's going to be helping even though it's thousands of miles away from us it helps the climate which in turn will help our climate and our environment here because we all share it. So it's just like, even though it's far away, it will still come back to us then just like uh, that that donation that's in, built into the coffee. But anytime you see something that says like the single source or uh, direct trade, that's where they're really, really helping those smaller uh, farmers mm-hmm. get into the marketplace. And I just think it's great. Well, and that's where, you know, we consider ourselves Lancaster centric. And we mostly support um, companies and makers here in central Pennsylvania. When we do go out of that sort of bubble, out of the box, out of the, <laughs> we go out of that box. Um, 
we do really try to vet our partners. You know, coffee can't be grown here, bananas can't be grown here, avocados can't. Um, our bananas are equal exchange, that is better than fair trade. And um, our coffee, you know, and our teas and stuff come from producers and importers that really take extra care and find oh, out where everything's amazing care, especially the um, rare tea. Like, a, just, yeah, I, I say, I love their tea's amazing, right? Tea's right amazing, yeah, she amazing. could go on for a whole episode on that. So, <laughs> another day, um, but yeah, so we have coffee, we have a really cool They have this low and slow cold brew where you let the beans soak overnight. Um, Gabe's just been so blown away with all the samples that we've um been trying and and you know he's he doesn't like it when I call him a coffee snob but he totally is a coffee snob and they even have really good decaf blends which you're gonna get to try one of their decaf blends because chef Diana knows me so well she she traded out of my <laughs> so I, I added a Johnny's <laughs> she box she curated my box week. personally on this one <laughs> um, well and what's better with coffee than bagels Johnny chocolate no <laughs> oh my god no the yes. bagels i i had a laugh because i had to pick up the bagels uh today and stuff my whole car smelled like just delicious like, it did to the point where i'm just like going like i <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to rip open one of the bags but i was like <laughs> like let's get to like let's get to llp quick before this happens well we just partnered with harvesting bagels in downtown lancaster and they're a really cute couple that started this because they wanted really hand roll delicious bagels yeah, there. It's again. It goes back to they source local in ingredients. They um, just their their whole approach to bagel making. So and it shows in the in the product then too. So they're delicious. They are delicious, and they're made even more delicious because why? Oh, why, Johnny? Your new favorite <laughs> pantry staple are Philly spread from from Conscious Cultures Creamery. That, Do you want to wax poetic about this? Oh, I, I can go on again. I keep on looking at the time to make sure I'm not running over my. Well, seat. let Just, me let me preface this by you were I didn't blind taste test you, but I no. blind tasted a couple people with this Philly cream spread from Conscious Cultures, saying just try this. This is like a new product. I didn't tell them what it was, and everyone's like, oh, that's really good cream cheese. Then I said, oh well, it's made out of plants. <clears throat> it's a vegan cream cheese spread, and everyone was like blown away. Well, the caveat on that is just the the vegan cheeses that you have brought into the marketplace which again every time i'm like cynical really and it's like then taste it and it's just like wow that's really good and and the uh talking about conscious culture it's just his cheese it's just like well he was a cheesemonger to start off and he'll mm -hmm. still like he's it's not like he's a vegan because he'll still like step out and just like you know like taste of the cheese it's just to bring that same result into the cheeses that he's making and he does it like in cave, like the cave mm -hmm. approach to it, but amazing, just absolutely amazing. Chef Diana, just, she, it's kind of nice to have it where she just like, you're gonna try this. And <laughs> and so of course I did, because I always do that, but. Um, and he liked it. I liked it and I love that kind of like, that's just as a good testimonial as the blind taste tasting too because oh, totally. for me it's like I totally go into that stuff she knows me like I'm cynical and she knows if Johnny likes it wow okay so we are very blessed to have them and just the techniques that they're using and, and it's just not the the vegan cheese of your grandfather so to speak because when no and we have a, a real um, breadth in our plant-based department so we have conscious cultures where we have their cave aged maverick cheese which is like a camembert or bloomy sort of Brie cheese, that's amazing. And then we have the, the Philly cream spread from them as well. It has a nice texture and tang. But then on the other side of it, we have uh, the Lancaster Vegan Cheese Company, and they make these great mozzarellas. We have a classic and an herb, and they just melt so well. Oh my gosh, I just thought of something. What did you think? 
Well, first of all, again, because the cream I'm getting, since I get the provision box, I'm getting the Philly cream cheese, but I'm also getting the watermelon radishes. I'm just taking that crunch with that the, on the bagel, like, dude, like the slices yeah. of it with the watermelon radish. That oh. You should quick pickle them. There's be, that too. Yeah, it would be yeah, like, yeah. A, like a plant-based lox But if you need that quick pickle, you can go back, I think it was one week ago or two weeks ago. We do a lot of quick pickles. Just go back to the recipe, chef.uniskitchen.com. Yeah, you'll find some recipes. You'll find it. But no, that would be excellent then. Like you said, it would be kind of like your loxy slash the pickled onions that you put on it then too. So so lots of good things right there just with like like lots of blends and stuff. And then just the recipes that you came up with to utilize some of the the produce that's coming in too. So... Which well, I'll let you start off because I'm not because if I hit mine, the one I'm going to start. Going okay, well, I'm going to talk about mushrooms. All right, do that. Good. That's a good. So one. we have shiitake mushrooms in the small box this week, and then we have mataki mushrooms, or hen of the woods mushrooms. I love saying hen of the woods. Hen of the woods <laughs> in our bigger woods. boxes, and um, basically this week the recipe that's usually well the one recipe that utilizes the mushrooms is an ode to sort of my dad because growing up I hated mushrooms because I thought they came out of cans and were soggy and gray and gross. <laughs> And it wasn't until I was an adult and like learned what a, you know, butter pan roasted mushroom was that I learned to really like mushrooms. So I was on the phone with him the other day and we were sort of talking about back in the day when I was little and I was like, oh God, the canned mushrooms. So um, this week I'm making a rustic mushroom and shard uh, galette or a rustic pie tart thing. And it has shiitake mushrooms, it has the mataki mushrooms in it. The mataki are cool because they grow in like a clump. And so instead of slicing them, you just, you just sort of apart. like pull them apart, you tear them apart, and they're they're just so meaty and delicious and yummy, and you brown those, and you have your ricotta in the bottom, and then you they have, have wilted shard on too, top. They, the hen of the woods came from the fact that they have that little ruffle that just looks like They look like, like feathers. Like, yeah. They look like little hen bottoms in a good way. Little hens. <laughs> and also has the shard in it too, which we have the, the red shard in the... Uh, in the box, in the small yeah. box too. And you could swap it. And you could do arugula. You could do which is also um, in the box too. Spinach so, or dandelion. I mean, really, you could use any green. Look, at her. she's like talking about all the greens that are in the box. Well, the dandelion green. is in medium, but like definitely arugula, like is in the in the small box, small market box. So you can put all that. The shard too, and the red shard. I mean, we talked about that. Like it's now it's the season where because shard holds up so well to like cold veggies. Too so. cold. I mean, we'll probably stop seeing it in big bunch form for a little while. Okay. Because it is like colder weather. Once it gets warm, it's not. It doesn't like it. It's not no. happy. Um, but you can actually, you can eat the stalks and the leaves. I usually cook the stalks um, just before I put the leaves in. So they get an extra minute or two of cooking. But the galette is great because it's like this rustic tart. I love pie. And everyone's always so afraid to like make pie. It's because of the crust. <laughs> and she always like, she likes to do that. Like, why is everyone so afraid of making pie? It's like, it's the crust. It's so hard, but she has the ex, the most easiest recipe and it's delicious. And every time I look at her doing it, like videotaping her doing it or like read it, like typing up the, the, the recipe, I'm just like, why are we afraid of this? Because this is the easiest. <laughs> I mean, she's like, ah, oh, like make little balls and blah, blah, blah. And you put them all together and blah. all of a sudden you have a pie crust. It's just like, wow. And you're like, whoa, like, whoa, we have a pie crust. <laughs> But I, and also then just the technique of a galette is actually, I think, what lends it. Um, well, and it's easy because you're not putting it in a pie plate. And so pie plates, sometimes you can get a soggy bottom. If I'm Mary Berry, no soggy bottoms. Um, if you watch the British Baking Show <laughs> or the old seasons of it. Um, but then, so instead of putting it in a pie 
pan or plate, you're just putting it on a baking sheet. So it's getting metal heat, it's um, not getting, nothing's gonna be stuck underneath, no moisture. It's just gonna get extra crispy for you. And it still looks cool. I mean, cause like you're folding it over and it just- And it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to yeah, be Yeah, cause like you, it can just, it just, look it's all the knobs. It's supposed to look rustic and you still see the inside of it, but yet you're seeing the crust and the crust, you could do little fun folds on it and stuff over, but yeah, like she said, it's it's very easy. It's and then they're delicious, and you can make both the savory like this mm -hmm. this week's, or you can make like a uh, any kind of fruit and season. Yeah. Well, and then we last week I had done the radish, the watermelon radish, but you could use the daikon radish. You could really do whatever you want, and you can use the same pastry crust to use one of our older recipes. We had done a mushroom and sweet potato and kale pot pie. Remember the right. pot pie debate. Well, I know, but that's where you first taught me like how to make the make the crust. Yeah, so. so easy. So make a galette and just fill it with anything. Do a galette, you'll be happy. <laughs> and then, well, I think I think you're ready. Are you it's ready to talk for about the star ingredient of the week? That I yeah. It's now become the rutabaga. It's the star ingredient of the week, and it's now my new uh, new favorite uh, veggie to take the place of watermelon radishes, which is on their way out. But again, rutabagas are on their way out too. But this, the rutabaga. Again, it's one of those things, I think it's like pie crust. Like you look at it, you're just like, Ugh. like, I mean, it has, it's a, well, first of all, it's in the Brassica family, which we love. So of course we have to like, you know, we have to love it. But okay. once you like get into the rutabaga, it's history, just the fact that it's like, uh, the way they described it in one place that back way back in the 17th century there was a wild night in the garden and a turnip and a wild cabbage hooked up and the next thing you know we have rutabaga and uh, so that's funny it's a veggie that you can eat the the leaves on it or you can just like, stick with the root it stays in the ground forever that it goes through like like the more frost it goes through the sweeter it becomes um and it's a uh, super super healthy uh, and and also dietary, it's it's great because it has a third net carbs of potato, but yet it comes out like a potato. And you can do so much like fun things. You can mash it. You can like turn it into new, like rutabaga noodles. Then with a spiralizer, you can use the Hasselbeck. And look, I got it right. I didn't say Hasselhoff. The the, the and then the, you said and it. Then I said it. But the the Hasselbeck treatment that like Chef Diana gave to the butternut squash, I've just been like. I've been fascinated with it. I did do it to a sweet potato, the Hessel. Uh, it's fun. It is fun. And with the, the, the rutabaga, again, you look at it, you're thinking like, what the hell am I gonna do with it? Cause it has like, as Di Chef Diana loves saying, like it has purple shoulders. So that's why kind of like, it looks, it starts to look like a turnip at the top of the house and it just goes, it just, it just turns into this gnarly, like woody kind of look and then you're like, what the hell am I gonna do with it? But then it has a heart of gold, as I said, like earlier. Well, like a really beautiful, like butter flesh color. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, um, we had rutabagas in one of the, in the bigger boxes and I made these harissa fries and Gabe just gobbled them up immediately. Uh, there, again, you can, there's so many different ways. It's just the easiest thing, like peel them, cut them up, and then like, you know, just boil them and mash them up. Like you can boil some carrots with it to give it some coloring. It picks up the coloring very well. Well, I was really proud of one of our members, Alexandria. 
um, her and her kids love vegetables and she not only got them in her box and kept them, a lot of people took them out of the box, but she ordered two extra rutabagas <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love you. You're amazing. So rutabagas, not just for, for actors to use like in the background and make it look like they're doing conversation. Rutabaga, rutabaga, rutabaga. Well, for the rutabaga, we did two different recipes utilizing them. Yep. Um, I haven't done a soup in a while, so I wanted to do a soup. So we have a rutabaga and apple soup that also has sweet potato, onion, stock, and you can throw in some cream at the end or yogurt if you'd like. And that's just like a nice, it's going to taste fall-y. It's not going to taste very springy because those are sort of fall flavors. Mm -hmm. Um... I put a pinch of harissa and a pinch of cinnamon in there for myself, but. Or flip it around and do the, also from Calicut's, my favorite spice, the garden citrus blend. You could do that. Because I think we, that would kind of give favorite. it a, that would give it a spring kind of blend. Actually, I have to get some this week for the, <laughs> the thing, but. Um, but now I think that you can turn, and, and the other question I had for it, because I know that like in the stores, Sometimes they'll wax them to make them last longer. The, the rutabaga, so like you don't want to like save the peel at that point. But ours aren't. And but like do like would you throw that into your spring stock bag? You definitely can. Just make sure that you're scrubbing it well and there's no okay. dirt left. Gotcha. So you know sometimes I'm lazy and I know I'm not going to make stock, so I'll just <laughs> peel it away. And sometimes I don't even. And peel then you compost it. Just like it's going to be composted yeah, anyhow. So it's like yeah. yeah. So that's fine. But yeah, just if you are saving anything for making a stock, just make sure you're scrubbing it with your with your veggie brush. And then but, your other, the... Well, but yeah, so like if you're doing a spring slaw and you're gonna keep the skin on, again, you just really wanna scrub everything really well. Like I would keep the skin on the apple and the daikon and even the rutabaga. If you're afraid of how the rutabaga looks, then you can peel it. See, I'd probably peel it because I like that creamy color look that's gonna go yeah. against the other stuff then. Yeah, and the, the pink and the mm -hmm, purple. Exactly. It's gonna look really good together. It's gonna taste yummy. I mean, this is... A, <laughs> This is sort of my workhorse slaw recipe. I just changed two of the ingredients. But, um, well, it's actually, though, it's like, let's face it, we're going with the seasons again. So, like, you yeah. are, as we go through a season, you'll have, like, a slaw that will change with the time. That'll totally. just, like, it'll totally yeah. change throughout the summer. And and I love the fact that you take, like, unconventional ingredients, like, or, and put it into, like, uh, you know, just to change out a recipe and it becomes right. something completely different. Totally. Oh, and I, you know what? I forgot to talk about the fried faro with mushrooms. I got oh, so, we got right. so excited we so about the galette. Well, yeah, we did because, of course, it... Because <laughs> we're talking about crust. I know. It's, it's very crusty. But uh, the faro, I mean, that'll be interesting. I think, uh, again, faro is one of those... Well, what's cool is it's a grain that grows here in Pennsylvania. Right. So it's not rice that's not grown here. Like, it's a really yummy grain. It's so good for you. It has this nutty flavor. Um, it has a little chewiness to it, earthiness. It has a and history to it, too. Remember, it's an ancient grain. It's so. an ancient grain, yes. Ancient grain. Ancient. Ancient. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, for me, I'm trying to think about creating things in and the kitchen. And you're going to use a pantry staple in it then, too. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about meal prep. So, like, right. for lunch today, I made us just a regular fried rice mm -hmm. with radishes, daikon, carrots, onions, and stuff. And that's because I had rice left over from dinner the other day. So, like, if you can make a bunch of farro for, like, your grain bowl to take to lunch, then you'll have farro cooked already so you can make a really easy, quick dinner with mushrooms. And we're using pickled radishes. If you've pickled anything that I've put in the boxes lately, the turnips, the beets, um, the radishes, you, you, I'm going to do a quick pickle in this recipe, <laughs> but you like, can use... Or you could, like, dig pickles. to the back of your refrigerator, as you said, to find those little jewels... 
Yeah, I mean, I our fridge is really full right now because I have so many jars of stuff. So I need to start. So it start at the back them. and work your way forward. Then I mean, you might get the beets that are pickled too. That would be good, I think. With it, yeah, you yeah. can put anything on, I know. on top. And also, like, go back again and on ChefDianasKitchen.com uh, for the one recipe, the farrado, I think. Oh, it, the farrado, the mushroom farrado. Right, Brazil. so you can use the mushroom with that then, too. But also, like, I'm thinking when you said grain bowl, because that one time, when, remember we made the... The um, yummy the grain far, bowl. Yeah, the yeah. farrow bowls, so... We should put those in the email. I didn't put that on my list. You didn't put it in your list. I didn't put those on the list. No, you didn't. Oh, Johnny. I'm oh, fired. you. All right. Well, then let's talk about Easter. Well, you're going to start off because you're going to like do the other recipe they have, your jammy eggs then. My jammy eggs. I love jammy eggs. Basically, you know, I like deviled eggs, but it's a lot of work. You like hard-boiled eggs, you got to peel them, then you got to take the centers out, then you got to mat, you know, it's like a whole thing. Jammy eggs are great. You just cook them a little less than you would for a hard-boiled egg. Let them cool. Cut them in half. They're already gooey and delicious on the inside. And then I like making this harissa mayo or yogurt sauce that you just yeah, pop a little bit harissa on top. Yeah, she says again. It's like, I, I, we should have a drinking well, game. Well, instead of like, paprika. I know, I know, it's I know. Just a blend. <laughs> Do you know why I love paprika so much? Why? Well, my fam, my Egnat's side of my family, mm-hmm. they came from the town in Hungary, the Spetskull town. You know, you know the paprika that comes in the red tin. Yeah, yeah. They're from that town, the paprika town. Oh wow! So it's in my blood. To, I'm a Hungarian. Literally, she's Carissa Hungarian. Princess. I didn't know that was Hungarian. Princess. Yeah, Egnat's is Hungarian. Oh wow! Yeah. I had a Vishla. I don't know what that is. It's a Hungarian pointer. His name was oh. his name was Miklesha Reskivan, which in Hungarian, look, see, look, she says stuff like this all the time. We find, we learn new things about each other all the time, <laughs> even on a podcast. But anyhow, getting back because this is all about Harissa then, because technically that's what. Yeah, that's that, it's a blend, but right. it's a blend Different of paprikas. a couple of paprikas. Yeah. yeah. So I use Harissa instead of paprika, and here in Lancaster County, paprika is called for in a lot of old Dutch recipes, so. Like deviled eggs. Like deviled eggs, just put a little bit on top. This is just an elevated version of it. And my favorite trick on top is I stick a little bit white. (laughs) Half my family's doing keto right now. So half of the eggs are not getting the potato chip, but the other half are getting potato chips. Or you can use matzo chips. We yeah, love matzo. Yeah, I did matzo. say the matzo. And, you're, and the matzo chips we have in the marketplace have harissa in it again, too. Yes. Yeah, so Which I say, like, you know, that could be too much harissa. And, of course, Chef Diane is like, you can never have enough of harissa. No. Well, you probably could, but. Yeah, not too. That would take a lot to make me say that. <laughs> and then we have, of course, Easter ham. And my family's really a ham family. We, we've never really dealt. We love, I mean, we love lamb. I love lamb. But for Easter, we always do a ham. Yeah, but never with I've never done it with the apples. That has me intrigued, and I love the whole like mustard ginger aspect. And I said to you that I'll probably like do a kind of glaze like that, but just kind of back off on the ginger because I'm doing that project for the yeah. my aunt Ruth and her friends. So, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna basically blend some um, brown sugar with spices and sort of create a crust, and mm-hmm. then on top of that, I'm just gonna put my sort of um, yummy mustard sauce on and then I'm putting chunks of apples around like halves of apples that will sort of cook in the juices while the ham heats up and this I is one recipe I haven't tested but I think it'll be delicious I have like one of these the quit like one of those kitchen gadgets that how many put the apple in and it, it oh I love those the spiralizer yeah, yeah the spiralizer for that and I'm just thinking like would it be kind of cool to wrap around the ham it would probably totally disintegrate it would 
if it's a pre-cut spiraled ham, yeah, you could probably put the slices in between the ham. Kind of like a like a like a Hasselback. <laughs> like a Hasselback. <laughs> you could maybe do that, but I I wouldn't want the you don't want the ham. It would probably dry to the ham dry out, out too. Yeah, so no, you're right. Just like lay down the sauce and stuff, and that way it'll soak up like the ginger and the mustard. Because that's stuff really like that. why we do yeah. a glaze. It's no, because. You're right. The hams that you're buying, unless you're getting a fresh ham, which takes forever to cook, like mm. we are reheating and adding flavor. You know, Ooh. like they've already been smoked. So you know, you just just put you're just. Judging I want it. you to throw a little bit of the the apple cider vinegar from our marketplace in there. Then from, oh, I was going to. Yeah, that's from, my uh, secret. With the I swirl that with the with the mustard, and that's sort of a nice. That's our uh, what is it? Peaches. Well, keep, isn't it? Well, keep. Keep well. Keep well. <laughs> Oh, the like, imperial apple vinegar. Yes, wouldn't that the be imperial delicious? York. I think that would be awesome. So, what is that? What you're? Are you doing all the cooking for uh, Easter then? I don't know. You don't know yet. Well, you have all these recipes right here that'd be perfect <laughs> for it then. Too. I mean, I guess I'm, I don't even know what we're doing for Easter this year. Oh, I'm just like I, my aunt Ruth. Um, we were looking for some. A group of us are getting together just to like. Um, make meals for people who you mm -hmm. know because easter sometimes people get forgotten a lot because it's not like yeah. the in the high the holidays so to speak but uh so we couldn't find anyone so i just reached out to my aunt ruth and said like hey do you have something she lives at effort of manor so i said like have any of your friends that might need something to eat and she said yes and uh we're going to be making these wonderful um dinners for them and so there'll be ham in it so i'm like I, that's why i was looking at that um that one uh, ingredient, and then I'm gonna do your potato pillows. <gasps> oh, the potato yeah, pillows! They are like my, they are my go-to for potatoes. The easiest thing. And it, folks, look that recipe up because seriously, you will not have potatoes other way. Like skip the mashed potatoes. I'll take that. They reheat, eat perfectly they everything. Do. It's like probably the one of my. I have to say that's probably my the number one recipe I've made over and over and over and over again out of all the recipes because it's just like I mean I love potatoes so. I can really write a whole cookbook on potatoes. <sighs> I could tell. However, now. But I love all the other vegetables. I, I wonder if you could do that, like rutabaga pillows. Well, you could try it, yeah. I won't like experiment with. I'll experiment on me on that one because that's why I like. I love using the garden, the garden citrus blend, uh, blend from Calicut Stem mm -hmm. for that. So I just think. Oh, that I'm sure you could totally. Do oh, that. it's like the best thing. So. That'd be very yummy. And I think I still have a couple of uh, of the spring garlic that I had like chopped up and I just had put away like into a, a container that should still be good. So I'll just like throw that in with it then. Mm. Sounds yummy. Garlicky everything. Well, since we're talking about Easter, Johnny, I want you to tell me what your favorite memory or favorite part of, of Easter is. Most of my memories, I'd be like going to church and singing and, and, and being with family, but Easter egg hunts. I mean, I'm all about that. Like and dying Easter eggs, like usually... I, Usually, for whatever reason, the Ten Commandments was always on TV too. Like when we would die Easter eggs, but and then it again, it all goes back to the Easter egg hunt. And and just a few years ago, like uh, Richard's family always we meet at different homes for holidays, and Easter's always at Joanne's place. And uh, we had a whole group. It was kids and stuff. So I created this whole um, pirate bunny egg hunt so it was like i had a treasure map and stuff like that we all dressed up i had brought bandanas pirate and stuff. Bunnies. Oh my pirate God. bunnies and we went all together 
like to, on this hunt and then they would like find stuff around it and find the clue and then we'd move on to the next section and stuff and then we finally brought us back to uh the treasure that we got and everyone got to like partake in the like we were all like you know pirates and does that have pirate bunny sound i guess like we were just like i mean <laughs> it was funny it was a good time so but what's your favorite memory or well, I, there's so Easter's just a fun spring celebration in my family, and I would say, um, I had asked you. We were talking about this earlier, and I said something <laughs> different. I my mom called me today, and she's like, I still because we were gonna do a video of us making Easter eggs together, and she's like, I still want to do it even if we don't make a video because that's always the funnest part. So I would say, um, dying Easter eggs has always been a big. Part. And what we do in my family is we use crayons, so like because the wax of the crayon. Right. So we'll do like lips on the eggs, and we'll make faces on the eggs, and then we dye the eggs. And where the wax is from the crayons, it doesn't get dyed. Well, are you using the natural dye that we have in the market? We're going to use am. the natural yeah. dye. Well, I think. Well, I'm doing it. I'm doing it actually a combination of of the white eggs as well as the brown eggs that it'll we have. It'll work on, on the brown eggs. It'll just be like you said. Muted. It'll just be a muted color and stuff. So I just thought it'd be kind of nice blend to have some of the brighter ones mixed in with it. And again, we're going to put them in the the baskets for these people then too that we're getting. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. Aunt Ruth is going to be in her glory handing out the. That she's already like talking about like what she wants to do. Oh, that's so. so cute! I love that, and I love that you around holidays you're always giving, you're always doing projects like this, sort of trying it to make it special. It makes it for special, and it's like I said, I always say like at the end of the uh, what's in the box videos that I make, it's just uh, just be kind, just be kind. We get so caught up in the world and all the stuff that we have to get done. I mean, and I'm so guilty of that too. That again, just like a simple like doing something for someone or if you hear something that they like like you know like the there's a peeps contest so i know my friend <laughs> loves peeps and stuff so i made sure that we had a, an entry for on it so oh my gosh so it's just that kind of stuff you just you know think of others and just be kind be kind to each other that's all totally love it yeah all right johnny well i hope you have a wonderful easter oh i hope you have a happy easter and also happy passover too yes I mean, happy passover to everyone um, yeah, so thank you so much. Again, this was Johnny Cat joining me today. <laughs> I'm Chef Dinah Smedley from Lancaster Local Provisions, and this is What Grows Together Goes Together. Tune in next week for more kibitzing and recipes <laughs> and history and beautiful stories. So happy cooking.